You're listening to the Heart-Centered Service Podcast. A podcast to help freelancers create the lifestyle of their dreams while doing work that brings them purpose. I'm your host, Francesca Mamlin. And I'm your other host, Krista Aoki. Each week, we'll release new episodes with tips and personal stories for online service-based entrepreneurs. We hope you enjoy. Aloha and welcome to episode 12 of Heart-Centered Service. In this episode, we're talking about our own personal experience balancing mental health and freelancing. Being an entrepreneur forces you to become the best version of yourself, but while you're on your way to the best version of yourself, you have to dig deep and get upfront and personal with your dark side. So what does that even mean? What does digging deep mean? Um, That's what we're going to talk about today, what digging deep means for us and um, how you can maybe implement it into your own life. But please note that we are not health or mental health professionals. We are two girls sharing our experiences and they might be different from yours. So we always recommend seeking the help of a trained professional. Always, yeah. Yeah, so Fran, uh, why don't you start us off by talking a little bit about your background with, um, yeah, your background with anxiety, mental health, freelancing. Yeah, sure. Um, So my, one of my biggest challenges when it comes to mental health is that I have uh, deep-seated issues with self-worth, which it would take me forever to dive into those, and it's not really relevant right now. Um, but what they've caused is they, they've caused me to become a very achievement-driven person. I've always been somebody who's very focused on the external, like I have to have these things and I have to do these things, because intrinsically... I have always felt that I wasn't worthy. So what that manifested as in high school and in college, I was somebody who pretty much tried to do everything. I wanted to be the straight A student. I wanted to like have all of the professional experience when I was in college. I wanted to do all these things. So like in high school, I would sleep like three to four hours a night because I would do like marching band and dance class. I'd be getting up at like five o'clock in the morning to finish my homework each morning. And, um, I was just exhausted. And then in college, it got way worse because I was working three full-time professional jobs and I was a full-time student. And I would often go entire nights without sleeping. And I was always so overwhelmed with just like things I had to do. I was always falling behind. And then I was getting on myself and hating myself for falling behind. It was really rough. And I don't even know how I got through all of those years operating that way. And I never really thought like that there was something going on under the surface. I never thought to seek help from a mental health professional. I always assumed that I was okay until briefly after college, after like, um, you know, things went down, I ended up talking to a therapist for a bit. Um, I'm sure I've suffered for like, um, suffered from undiagnosed anxiety during my teen years. I'm sure that's a thing. There's no way of knowing in retrospect now. Um, I'm genetically predisposed to a lot of um, mental health issues as well. And I've had to work really hard to um, develop a better relationship with my work um, and having it not be um, the way that I measure my worth in my career, not being the way that I measure my worth. And I'm still like, I'm still fighting with myself every single day to like 
not see self-care as something that's frivolous or feeling like I don't deserve to take care of myself or feeling like I'm not worthy because I'm not at this point in my career or that because I'm not working today or something like that. Um, and I've always been a very emotional person and I often use, I think I often used work as like a way to distract myself from my emotions or distract myself from my personal problems. Um, because when my emotions got too intense, I would just like find something to like deter myself from them instead of just like dealing with them um yeah and I'm like every single day is just like I, I get better at doing this and I get better at you know being a person who is healthy <laughs> so that's that's kind of like what my journey has been um I don't know if you wanted to share your journey as well Krista um yeah well before I share mine i want to talk about some of the things that you said because I think that a lot of people will be able to are are listening and they're resonating um I think it's big it's big that you are aware that you've used work to distract yourself from emotions and I think that in today's society that might be really common because um one of the first questions that people ask is, oh, what do you do for work? And it's, it's kind of because like we subconsciously attach like our identities to our work. And so the, the fact that you're super aware of how your worth was attached to achievements or attached to career and you're trying to make steps in order to part from that, that's a really big, that's a, a really big, I guess, thing to be aware of. And it's really cool that you are. Um, how do you think these things affect you today? Are there any ways that you try to manage your emotions apart from work? Um, yeah, I mean, I, the constant theme in my life right now is that I don't have much of a life outside of work, especially when I'm like, it's one thing when I'm traveling with you guys and I'm in Thailand and I have like friends around, but when I'm in the U.S., like, I pretty much have work and then I have like the blank space outside of work. And um, it's really easy for me to just like be doing that all day or like go straight from work to like watching TV. And um, it's really important for me because I'm, I'm somebody who is like, I, my Myers-Briggs type is um, ENFJ, like I'm on the feeler side. I'm somebody who has really deep, intense emotions. I'm somebody that feels really intensely. And if I am not checking in with myself regularly and addressing my emotions throughout the day or on a daily basis, then I'm going to start to really internalize stuff. And that was something that mm -hmm. happened to me a lot in the past when I was working in theater. Uh, I was really busy and people in theater, the tendency in the industry, in the entertainment industry is to be kind of mean with each other. So I would internalize a lot of stuff and then hold on to it for months or even years. Um, so I'm constantly trying to like move away from that. Um, move away from the constant work. And then also you said attaching your identity to work. That's been really challenging for me too, because I've changed careers so many times. Um, like I went from theater to like being in marketing. I went to a different, a couple different areas of marketing. I went to business coaching. Now I'm like going towards the like spirituality, um, astrologer type arena. And I feel really uncomfortable with all of those transitions. And I feel like I'm constantly being judged. Um, and it's preventing me in a lot of ways from truly honoring myself. Um, mm. So there's that. And then we also, not only do we um, attach our self-worth and our image to our job title, but we also attach it to how much we work. I used to be really proud of the fact that like I never slept 
um, that I was busy all the time. Um, so now that looks like me being okay with taking a day off in the middle of the week or taking the rest yeah. of the day off if I'm feeling like it. Um, and being like, that's okay. Like, I don't have to be productive all the time to be worthy of taking up space, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I think that um, I've seen people in the industry um, take like an annual sabbatical where they, or annual leave, where they are not answering emails for a week. They're not on social media for a week, or maybe they've scheduled something. And I think that um, for me, it's, it's actually really hard to ask for time off or allow myself time off but maybe even getting in that practice where you plan to be away from work for one week and um yeah I, d I don't know how that looks for you yeah and for me I think it's also like planning fun things for me to do um because I again like I've I've also dealt a lot with like money mindset stuff so sometimes it can be really difficult for me to like justify spending money on stuff still or like justify spending money on like something fun to do over the weekend or like buying myself something nice um yeah. because I still I'm really really stuck in like lack mindset that can I think a lot of times money mindset and lack mindsets can impede in our ability to like really engage in self-care um because we're yes. we can almost be like if we're in a really deep black mindset or if we're still healing a lot of money wounds we can be like punishing ourselves for spending money on self-care spending money on ourselves so that's um totally dealing with too yeah yeah and that is such a big adjustment whoa if we haven't written down an episode on money mindset yet we have to because oh, that's totally like a do it. <laughs> We could even we could even split it into two episodes because we're both two different types of spenders and we both have two different money stories. So I feel like we could talk about that for ages. Anyway, <laughs> um, but that is it, it's such a big issue and money is a big part of day to day life. Um, and so it's been a huge shift for me as well, like kind of uh, giving myself permission to okay, you can spend this money on like a nice weekend or like, yeah, let's like seeing money as a, as a, as a tool and, and that comes and goes. Um, it's, it's, it's really difficult to let go. I think because like I want control and I feel like I don't have control if I'm just letting it go. But um, yeah, like shifting into this mindset um, through different practices um, Am I making sense? I feel yeah, like totally. And I think a, another big part of it is that we attach money as well to self-worth. This is the very, like, we live in a capitalistic society, right? And I could get very, like, political and ideological on this, but I'm not going to. We live in a very capitalist capitalistic society, which means that we're literally conditioned to um, measure our self-worth on our productivity and how much money we're worth and what kind of job title we have. So it just makes sense that those three things um, have been affecting me and probably affecting a lot of other people in the way that they um, value themselves, which is really sad. And we need to break away from that. Yeah, definitely. And if you're not in a place where you're comfortable spending money yet, then maybe um, put like put some money towards like savings every week, like just put $5 towards savings or towards like a future account every week and do something, do a self-care activity that's free or put build that savings build that savings and then like put a small part of your put a small part of your budget towards like uh being intentional about treating yourself even if it's like a dollar a week or two dollars a week like you could 
Fran, if you put a dollar a week towards your self-care budget, you could spend $50 on planners. I mean, you might already spend $50 on your eight <laughs> a year. I think the planner I have for, for I, I have this planner for a whole year and I think it is worth $50. Um, if I spent a dollar a week on self-care, that would be like a crystal a day for me. And I would just be like sitting pretty with like 50 crystals. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's just that idea of like, um, Put it, try starting with a small amount if you feel like you can't like treat yourself yet then put a little bit every week towards treating yourself yeah and it, I, I almost it, I kind of remember from the money mindset workshop that we went to last year um part of managing money well is like putting it towards um actually enjoying the money um yes. like good money management isn't necessarily just like okay all of this goes into like long-term savings and all of this goes towards debt all of this goes towards bills and then there's nothing left for you like what <laughs> so. yeah totally um yeah re it's it, it really is it's such a big difference and it's very good for your um for your fulfillment and starting to separate your self-worth from work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one last thing um, that really stood out to me about what you were saying was that you didn't realize that something was going on under the surface. And I think that is such a big, it's so common. I think it happens to everyone. Um, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I was sitting in a chair across from my therapist who was trying to figure out where I learned, where I learned certain things from. And she was like, no, you, you learn this from, from home. I was, I fought her so hard. Like, no, my parents are not like this. Like, this is just me. <laughs> I fought her really hard, and um, this just happened every week. That's really <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah, Where did that come from like what? What do you think it was that made you like come to the defense of your family so quickly that you didn't that you didn't want to like um, give them any responsibility for? Because it's great. Like I think it's good like to take responsibility for your own conditioning, even though it might not necessarily have come from you. But like, what was it that made you like <laughs> come to their defense so quickly? I just, um, I think that, well, I just was, like, going through the memories, these, just, like, these selective memories in my head, and I didn't see it. I didn't see what she saw or what she was, like, going for, and it wasn't until nine years later, so one year ago, that I realized the trained professional was right and um yeah so it took me nine years to like admit that oh yeah the trained professional knew what she was talking about <laughs> i mean it happens to the best of us i and i even um when i was in college i was working a job backstage i worked in theater so i was working as a stagehand and i got hit in the head really hard with a piece of scenery and I ended up getting a concussion from it, but it took me an entire week to actually realize that I had a concussion because the symptoms of my concussion, it, it seemed so normal. Like it felt so close to my normal state of like exhaustion and stress and confusion um, that I didn't realize that it was a concussion. So, <laughs> so sometimes if we're really run down like that, or if we're really like in the weeds of whatever's distracting us, like we can miss some really big things. 
Definitely. And that's why I think it's really amazing that you check in with yourself every day. And I've been trying to have more of these check-ins with myself, just like sitting with myself, not touching my phone and really thinking about like, how am I? What's bugging me? Why is it bugging me? And just doing more of this self-exploration. And then of course, like, okay, how can I, how can I fix this in a healthy way? Um, and so um, for me, it's also like, I'm at my family's house right now. And so the television is on all day and I think it affects me more than, more than I realize or admit to myself. So for me, that self-care right now while I'm at my family's house is to plan more days away from the house and be like really active or proactive in um, getting away from that and putting myself in an environment where I'm not listening to the news 24-7. <laughs> yeah, and I think behavior like that is really counterculture at this point because we live in a culture where we are constantly surrounded by people who want our attention and we are constantly plugged in and like we have our phones next to us at all times and I think and though it's becoming more of a fad or I guess yeah it's coming becoming more of a fad um but it is still we have to be really intentional like I'm going to set my phone to the side and I'm just going to be with myself and be with my thoughts for now um, and I started doing that a few weeks ago, like really mindfully not using my phone in the morning. And it brought a lot of light to how I use my phone to regulate my mood, even if it's like playing music. Like I, I, there's so many things that my phone can do that can distract me from little moments of discomfort. Um, and when we don't like, I mean, like sometimes there's a time for that. Like sometimes there's a time to like put on a movie and just like forget about life for a bit. But like you can't do that every time because if you're not diving into those little, those little like feelings of like something's not right, I don't feel okay right now, then those are just going to keep building up and um, you're never going to get to the root of where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's it's really been about balance because it's not television I use as a distraction. Um, it's video games. <laughs> I I seriously have used or have let video games like affect my life in so many ways, and so they can they can be um, a really beneficial thing. So can social media and so can television, right? Like it can just be like something that's fulfilling, but it can also be something that you use as like an escape or like a way, a distraction away from your emotions. And I think that it's, um, it's a really healthy practice to be aware of when these, when these, um, when these technology distractions or when your distractions are distracting you too much and start starting to become a crutch, which you rely on, it shouldn't be like a crutch that you rely on. Mm -hmm. I think we're at a really significant point in like the digital revolution right now, where it's like the way we use technology now is really going to shape the way it develops. So it's like, are, do we want technology to be something that we rely on and that we are like it, we, it becomes a part of us or do we want it to be something that really enhances our life and the way that we use it is going to influence the way it ends it continues to integrate into our lives so we have to be really intentional about this not just for the sake of ourselves but like for the sake of the next generations to come who are going to 
inherit all of the the relationships that we have developed with these <laughs> devices that have become a part of our world. Um, but yeah, that's a really out there topic. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> before we get too far, um, do you want to share your journey with uh, mental health, Krista? Sure. So yeah, I guess um, me starting to accept that I had issues started 10 years ago when um, I was fighting my therapist about uh, about traits that she knew that I was learning from home. <laughs> and um, and it's crazy because I now that I'm accepting that she was right, I'm beginning to really dive dive deep into where where things are coming from where i learn certain things um and it's very interesting because like it's a constant conversation with myself about okay what values do i want to hold on to what values do i want to grow from and is it bad is it privileged if i if i want to like um, if I'm changing my values, like, is this a bad thing? Is it, is it a like selfish thing? Is it good to be selfish? Is it bad to be selfish? Like, um, and I'm, I'm having these like really regular, co um, co conversations with myself as I assess my values. And so what, uh, one thing <laughs> that I have really struggled with is, um, anxiety and sometimes my anxiety can be really really unhealthy and it can be very distracting and when I have an anxiety attack it normally affects other people and I can't like snap out of it which is really difficult for me because logic doesn't make sense and and um, everything that like if I'm having an anxiety attack then like everything that I know is right doesn't make sense like that's not applicable um and i like and then i'm aware that i'm like not making sense and that just like sends me into a further downward spiral so when i have like a an anxiety attack it really affects me and um and i am super incapable of of like doing things as normal and i'm sure that there are other people who can relate with this because like um as I, so this year, um, I um, made a group with, a, or made a couple friends who um, also, ex like, we were really open about our down days, and, um, and I think having the safe space where people, where my friends were like, oh yeah, I'm having a down day, I, um, I can't be my 100 self today. It really helps me be okay with saying, oh, hey, like I'm having a down day. I can't be my 100 self today. Whereas before I would like try to put on a face or try to like push through and <laughs> just hate myself for eight hours as I was like at work, but like just sitting and like self-hatred. And um, so, this year <laughs> has been um, a way, a, like a learning experience for me for how to, how I want to deal with down days um, with my clients and with my work. Um, yeah, so it, it's like a really crazy battle. But one, uh, but a few things that I've done 
to kind of like help make sure that I'm in um, an environment where I can be productive, um, still work on self growth, and yeah, be, I guess be productive and still work on self growth <laughs> is to um, kind of get get one get rid of toxic relationships. Um, um, like I I do think about like how uh, not just relation, like, not just like romantic relationships, but all of my relationships, you know, like with partners, with friends, with my family, like how are these affecting me? And to kind of have these daily, like these check-ins with myself, like what is like, do I feel safe? Basically. Um, I think the most important thing for me is to feel safe. So to um, surround myself with people who are safe. And this is definitely something that has, um, although I wasn't intentional about it, it's also moved into my business. So I have clients where it's a safe space for me to F up. And I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not um, comfortable, like, always like, oh, like, saying like, oh yeah, I messed this up or I, I did this and, um, but <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like I, I get really ashamed when I make a mistake, you know, and I, it's really hard for me to kind of own up to it. Um, but I feel like I'm with, I'm working with clients who are a safe space. Like they understand they're so woke that they understand that everyone is doing their best. Um, and this is something that I've learned from a friend recently is just that everyone is doing their best. And so luckily I have clients who understand this, who know like, Oh yeah, everyone's doing their best. Like we made this mistake. Um, this is how we can fix it. And they just like are very objective and see every side of the story, which is something that I think I really need in order to heal my, um, my fear of like messing up or like my fear of admitting that I'm wrong. And so I don't know how I, I don't know how I found these amazing vote clients. So I can't like, um, I can't give advice to that, but um, maybe it's because like, uh, yeah, I honestly can't give advice to that, but I'm, I'm really grateful for um, having such a safe space in business, personal, etc. Yeah, one of the beliefs that I hold like center in my life is that um, like your external circumstances are a reflection of what's inside of you. And I've always believed that like, if you want to change the external, you have to change the internal too, which is why the last couple of years I've really dived into um, deep, deep self-work. And um, so I would venture to guess that maybe you attracted clients like that by, you know, changing the relationship with yourself. Like maybe I, like, I don't know. Um, I'm just guessing. Maybe you got to a place where you learned how to be more forgiving of yourself and how to talk to yourself better. So then you and you start, and you just said you were cutting like um, toxic relationships out of your life, people who were doing the opposite of that. Um, and then when that conversation between you and yourself changed, then the the kind of people that come into your life change too. Um, I always believe that the relationships you have with the people around you are reflections of the way that you treat yourself. I don't know if that resonates with you. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong or not. <laughs> yeah, I think... <laughs> a little bit of my uh, I'm still definitely working on my internal self-worth 
discussion or like the conversations I have with myself about my self-worth. I think I have really low self-worth. Um, but someone has told, someone else has told me that uh, same thing. Like, um, if you were surrounded by these amazing people, then doesn't it mean that like you're amazing as well? And so, um, how can we make this helpful for other people? I think it, it starts with like writing down your values because everyone has different, everyone has different values, right? Like um, the reason why um, we started on the entrepreneurship path is probably, and we started the way that we did is because we valued work and um and like just like a certain type of work and so everyone has their different values some people they they value their family more than others right and so um to write down like what's important to you um and really explore that and as you navigate your day-to-day -day and your relationships um like think about it like how does my relationship with this person how does this business relationship how does this webinar with someone else how does this align with my values and if it doesn't then you don't have to you don't have to do it yeah and i think a really important belief to choose which i i under i operate under the assumption that we like intentionally choose our beliefs and create our reality from that and I like to choose the belief that I can still be a work in progress and still attract all these amazing things into my life like I can be a work in progress and I can be learning and I can be constantly develop developing myself and I can still be running like an amazing successful business and I can still have amazing relationships and amazing friendships like you don't have to be totally complete and healed in order to then have what you want um, like because like you were just saying like you maybe still struggle with some self-worth stuff i sure as hell still struggle with self-worth i deal with it every single day like there's some days that i have to like wake up and remind myself that like i deserve to take up space and yet there are still things that go well in my life it's not like it has to be totally perfect um in order for you to get where you want to go we're, we're literally never going to be done like <laughs> developing into the person that um, we're meant to be like that's a, a lifetime um, process oh and one thing that I wanted to go back to with um, when you were telling your story is how you surrounded yourself with people who could be a safe space for you and I think that's so important I feel like that's kind of what we were trying to do with this podcast episode too is like once you get really vulnerable and like I mean there's there's vulnerability and there's oversharing you, you know, consult with Brené Brown, the amazing sociologist and author on that one. Um, but once you're able to get really courageous and vulnerable and be like, hey, like, I'm not perfect. Like, I'm really struggling with this. Like, there, these things are not going well in my life. And like, it, this just is. And um, once when you're able to step forward and do that in a very like appropriate way, because there are definitely inappropriate ways to do that, um, then you give other people permission to be like, oh, yeah, I'm struggling with the same things and then, and it's okay. Um, and I think that's really important. Like um, if you like some people do that um, on a more public scale, like we're doing with this podcast episode um, in hopes that like our community can start to feel safer talking about this topic, but with your friends too, like um, I think it's so important oh, yes. to have people in your life that like you can feel like you can go to them and be like, Hey, I'm having a really bad day. And like, this is going on. Like, I, that's so important. If yeah. you're in a position where you don't have that, like, um, sending love, like I understand I've, I've been there before. Like I've, I've felt lonely in my life before. Um, but 
that should be like one of the main priorities is, is finding that safe space, even if it's like a therapist to start with. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, d- definitely. If, if you feel uncomfortable talking about this with the people who are around you, then a therapist would be a great person to start with um, because then they can give you exercises um, for how you can day by day, like, have eventually ha- probably have those people if that's your goal. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think a therapist is a great amazing way to start out if you're looking for a safe space and you don't feel like you have it right now Mm -hmm. and I even I've actually done the um like the betterhelp.com um and there's like a couple other websites like that where you um it's really awesome because if you're on if you're like traveling like we are um, if you're a digital nomad like it's an amazing resource to like get a therapist that you can like talk to over video chat or like over the phone but you can message them like whenever you want like if you're in a different time zone that it might take them like a few hours to get back to you but like you can like message them in a crisis and you don't have to worry about like oh like am I imposing on them like it's their job so like you can you can say whatever you want to them um and that has been an amazing amazing thing like that I like talking about like technology and like the role it should play in our lives. Like that's where we should go with technology. We should use it to like connect ourselves with amazing resources like that. Um, You know? Yeah. There's a good and bad side to it. And obviously I love technology. I'm on my laptop all of the time. Um, Another, I guess, self-care practice or something that helps me step away from my laptop since it's, since this has since like turned into my job, my laptop is, somewhat my lifeline um, is picking up like (laughs) hobbies outside of the computer because the computer used to be my hobby and now it's my career. (laughs) So I, I have to be really intentional about stepping away from the computer to do other things. And um, it's a blessing in that way because I used to look forward to going home and spending time on the computer. Now I have that so I can fill my spare time with other things <laughs> yeah I try to I try the best that I can to spend my evening at least laptop free if not like completely screen free it's really hard nice. to do that I don't always I don't always succeed in that um but like I mean when it comes to sleep which you guys know from my story that you just listened to I sleep has not been a friend to me <laughs> for, for a lot a long time um so like quality of sleep is a part of it, but then also just like unplugging from the internet. Like literally we have the entire yes. universe of information in front of us. That's amazing, but it's also like, oh my God, right? Totally. Um, and it's so easy to get sucked into like a social, like just like comparing yourself to others on social media and that can actually be really unhealthy. So um, I think be, learning to be very intentional about like where you spend your computer time. Um, if I notice that I'm starting to go down like a social media hole, I stop myself. Like I, I used to do this a lot in university and now I basically don't do it anymore. Like a few months ago, someone who I went on like one date with was like, oh, have you stalked me on Facebook yet? Like how far down my feed did you go? And I was like, no, like, <laughs> um, that's not my thing <laughs> and he's not the first person who said that to me in the past year so like (laughs) it's just like I guess it's a thing so we just assume (laughs) yeah 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 um but 
getting out of this habit of like looking at all of this like information about others that is accessible this happens in business as well i see you scrolling down your instagram feed looking at instagram stories like so jealous of what this other person is accomplishing in their business i see you that's so unhealthy and it it contributes to this like negative feeling of self-worth self-worth if you are doing this if you are comparing yourself to someone else and like all that she has and all that she's accomplishing stop like take a second sit back throw your phone out the window or just like you know across the room um and and ask yourself, what do I appreciate about myself? What have I accomplished in my business? What am I working to accomplish in my business? How am I getting there? That's so much more productive than being envious of someone else's um, like curated Instagram feed. Oh my gosh. Okay, so there's there's a couple things we're gonna be linking into the show notes here. First is a, a song that we're gonna I'm just gonna like put the Spotify link in the show notes. Um and some of the song the the song lyrics that I'm gonna cite go, um, don't compare your behind the scenes to another's like final cut. Like your life that you live every day is your behind the scenes. And when you like look at social media, you're seeing the highlight reel and final cut of somebody else's life. And you just, it's just so unfair to compare that because it's not even authentic. Um, the other thing that we have to link in the show notes is there's this woman, she wrote the, she wrote an autobiography. It's called Educated. I forget her name, but um, she did a commencement speech about the un-Instagrammable self. And it's about how the un-Instagrammable you is the person who, who achieved everything that you are you know, that you have to be proud of. Um, so honoring like the, the person who was like, you know, sitting at a cafe with a messy bun, like furiously, like trying to finish a client project before like you had to your day job or like the person who picked themselves up off the bathroom floor after like, you know, having a mental breakdown, like the uninstagramable you is the person who deserves um, gratitude and recognition and love. So check out that commencement speech and like that song and if, if you have if you ever get into that spiral of like social media comparison because like that's just a thing now it all happens to all of us um go towards those things omg i can't wait to check that out myself and you actually reminded me of another resource that i wanted to share um it's like oh 10 things that you should do when um when you're feeling depressed or something. And it's actually like an ironic video um, to kind of make fun of all of the things that we do when we don't feel like um, our 100 selves, like stay inside and avoid nature, scroll down social media. And it's just like all of these like um, toxic or unhealthy habits that send us in a deeper, uh, send us down that deep black hole even faster. And so um, I am going to share that as well, because it's a nice, like, it's a nice check. Um, I've when okay, so when I've had down days, um, this year, uh, I've remembered that video, and it's given me the incentive, like, okay, this, I'm feeling down, and I'm sitting inside, and this video makes fun of me. So I'm gonna go outside today. <laughs> Hello, world. Um, and so it's just like a yeah. It's it's really helped me out, and I hope these resources can help you out as well. Yeah. Sometimes like the thing that you're feeling really resistant to, like just going outside and just like breathing in the fresh air, 
Like, you might just, like, that might be the last thing that you want to freaking do, but it, it'll help so much if you can just, like, walk out the door and just, like, look, like, look at the sky, look at the trees, like, look at what a miracle the world is, and just, like, try to, I mean, it's okay, if, it, it, it's okay to not be okay, like, you don't have to, like, spring back to, like, oh my god, everything's amazing, but just, like, you know, get, doing something um, is better than just, like, laying there and not doing anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, sometimes it's a slow process, like, and that's totally okay because um, you will be doing things. Um, maybe you're doing exercises that your therapist recommends, but you'll be doing things that um, are going to position you to be in a better place. So you just have to be a little bit more forgiving of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and okay, so I'm going to backtrack again, because there was one thing that I wanted to ask you about. Um, you were talking about choosing um, the things that you inherited from your family, like values, beliefs, and stuff, and deciding which ones you want to keep and which ones you want to do away with. Um, and you've uh, mentioned many times in the podcast, like you, you're Asian American, so you come from like a very specific culture um, with specific expectations so I'm just really curious as to like what was your journey like with like choosing which things to discard and which things to keep um, has anyone in your family ever gone through like a similar journey like are you the only one who or is this like a road that you walked alone and like yeah tell us what it was like yeah so um I'm very lucky my parents are um supportive of what I do even though they might not understand I think they don't understand what I do um someone actually asked them <laughs> someone asked my mom uh, a couple months ago like do you even know what Krista does and she's like no <laughs> so um my parents don't know what I do but they they support me and they like they think that I don't know they're like okay she's doing it and I think it's also because like um when they've asked me to rewind I say I like do the opposite so <laughs> um, um yeah but it's it has been really hard um to really weird to recognize things or to have these light bulb moments where it's like oh that's where I get this from or oh this is where I'm learning it or oh this might be why um I am this certain this certain way like um one of the things that um I have really explored lately are my like attachment issues and um this might not be totally related to work but um but it People with like my attachment issues typically are um, in lower paying jobs because um, when they have like an attack related to this attachment issue, um, they are just focusing on the issue and not on anything else. And so I can totally relate to that. This is why like when I have an anxiety attack, I can't work. I'm... I think I've had days where I'm working like a half hour or something like that. And, um, and yeah, so just, uh, so that's been really hard. And so for me, it's about, um, I'm going through the process right now where I am exp exploring why I might be, um, 
why I might have this issue and how to put myself in an environment and in a healthy place where I can heal because you cannot heal in the same environment that messed you up. Um, so it's really important to think about why is this happening? Like what, or why is this happening over and over again? Um, if something's happening repeatedly, it's because you are um, probably, I'm not a professional. <laughs> if something's happening over and over again, then it might be that you're trying to fix something <laughs> subconsciously, um, but you don't know like where it's coming from, so you can't exactly solve it. So for me, what's really important right now is asking myself, why do I do this? Where is it coming from? And how can I change a variable in my situation so that I create a safe space for me to heal this? Um, yeah, does that answer your question? And oh, okay, I'll add one more thing. Um, and this is really important for me and for my work because um, as a friend, like I can't, um, I hate having down days, honestly. Like, and I'm not saying that I'll be totally healed from down days, but it's really important for me to, um, to be able to meet deadlines. And, um, and it's I when I can't meet a deadline because of a down day, then that just sends me further down the spiral and just everything multiplies. So for me, this is really important as well to dive into and learn more about because um, I want to be able to deliver consistently. Yeah, I think you're definitely onto something with like you can't heal in the same place that effed you up um, because from a digital nomad perspective from the perspective of somebody who moved very very far away from <laughs> from my place of origin um i feel like my um healing journey really started when i when i took got on that first plane to indonesia um because i lived for 22 years in the midwest um and i i had you know things about midwestern american culture very ingrained in my head um like Midwesterners are very achievement driven, very like family values, very um, like you, like everybody in my, in my high school was like, got the perfect ACT score and like went to college and then like got the perfect job. Everyone's an engineer. And like, that's kind of what it's like. Um, especially like, yeah, that's kind of what it's like where I grew up. And um, like having that complete um, like disruption of going to a completely different culture and realizing, oh, like, the environment that I grew up in, even though it was so encompassing, it's not the world, you know, like there's so many different perspectives and there's so many different ways to think about and, and approach life. Um, and it helps me kind of realize, like I had a lot of um, underlying things in my head, like telling myself that I was stupid because like I wasn't good at math or like, like things like that. And a lot of that stuff really started to, to dissolve away. Um, once I went on that journey of doing, first of all, doing something very, very different from what a typical Midwestern, Midwestern person would do by like moving to Indonesia and like starting out on a business. And then two, being somewhere that's totally different from where I grew up that allowed me to examine my, you know, culture, if you will, um, from an outside perspective. That is so important. It's seriously so important. Um, being able to see the and really observe like how other cultures value different things, um, whether it's like microcultures in the US or 
European cultures or Asian cultures or like even the like Thai culture versus a Vietnamese culture, you know, like being able to pay attention to like what these different people find important to themselves, that really opens my eyes to, oh, not everyone does this, like, and, and start that internal conversation. It's so, it's, it's really been transformative for me. Yeah. And like to show how ingrained, how like, um, what's the word, like ingrained my, my like world was in me. I didn't realize that I even belonged to a culture, you know, like I was like, you know, America, America is an interesting place because like it's a melting pot and we don't really have like an American culture. So like, I just thought that I was like this cultureless person. Um, and it wasn't until I was exposed to people from all over the world that I was like, oh, like I talked it, I talk a very specific way. I act a very specific way. And I think a very specific way because of where I'm from. Um, and that wasn't something I had even thought to confront um, because I just assumed that that wasn't an experience that I had. Cause I'm like a white Midwestern American. Like you don't assume that you belong to a culture. So that's a really interesting conversation. Oh, and something that you said um, before that really stood out to me was how, um, like, you feel bad about meeting deadlines because you're having a down day. Um, I think that's really, that's an important thing to talk about too, even though this is kind of like a, <laughs> from a left field kind of thing. Um, but like, when you're like down about something and, or if you're sick or something and you have to like take time away from work, like, oh my gosh, like, how like every we every single time we just like beat the shit up our out of ourselves for stuff like that and um i think like i've I, i'm not perfect at this at all but i've really gotten into the practice of like if i'm like spiraling if i'm like anxious about something if i'm upset about something i'm not going to perform well at anything like i'm i anything that i do is going to come from a place of like you know so um, I really try to surrender to it and, and like spend time maybe addressing what it is that's making me spin out. Um, but then also like just surrendering to the fact that like I need a minute, um, which again, it's so hard. It's so hard to do nowadays with like how fast the world moves, but definitely. Ugh. Yeah. And I, I try to do better by about this by spacing out my deadlines a little bit more or um yeah plan, planning ahead a little bit um and I have um or if I know that something isn't going to like be delivered on time then letting a person know as soon as possible um and I think they're just more forgiving in that way um but a couple weeks ago I was just not feeling 100 and um I and I think it was be yeah well it doesn't matter why but um I didn't even realize that I wasn't feeling 100 until I started walking around and I went on a, a long hike and that was really nice and I felt so transformed after um just like perusing in shops seeing the different types of art that people were creating and and just like being away from my laptop I don't know what it was but um yeah so sometimes you might not even know that something's wrong but like getting yourself for me it's getting myself in a different environment that is super helpful and crucial for um 
transformation or feeling better. You can't heal in the same environment that effed you up, guys. <laughs> so true. And that goes on the micro level and the macro level, like leaving yes. the literal place that effed you up. But then also like if you're spinning and you're sitting in your office or you're sitting in the co-working space, leave. <laughs> That's the best thing yes. you can do um, is Absolutely. just get out of there. Um, and yeah, and this kind of goes into what you were saying about spacing out your deadlines. We had people submit things on Instagram, questions on Instagram, which we haven't even gotten to yet. We've just been talking no. about our own stuff all this time. Um, but yeah, so somebody um, said something about doing all, I just have the bullet points ahead of me. I don't know the exact phrasing. Um, but somebody submitted something about like doing all the things in the overwhelm of like having a bunch of stuff going on. Um, and I think this is a really um, cornerstone, keystone thing about mental health with freelancers and with business owners is like, um, we've talked in this podcast before about making your yes sacred. Um, yeah, like if you take on too many things, you're going to overwhelm yourself and it's not going to be great. Like you're going it, to, it's just, it, it, there's no situation where that is good for your mental health to be like saying yes to every project really overloaded on clients or really overloaded on like things that you have on your plate. Um, so avoiding that at all costs. Do you have any tips for that, Krista? Yeah, and I think um, really thinking about like, what do you want to, like, what do you want to offer and why? And um, kind of just having that conversation with yourself, like, why am I offering this? Um, how can I make this better? And how can I, how can I like say no? Like, only say yes to things that are exciting to you. Um, yeah, I think it, it, it's really, it's really difficult, first of all. But um, I think taking like taking some time, like maybe a weekend to just do a writing exercise about like, where do you want your business to go and why? And think short term. For me, it really helps to think short term because I think we've talked about on this podcast before. Um, I don't follow through with my annual goals. If you do, you're awesome. Um, you do? I don't know where you came from, but please teach me. <laughs> yes. Well, a lot of people teach it. <laughs> <That's Yeah>. the thing. <laughs> but um, setting three month goals, like where do you want to be in three months? Um, and how can you take these small steps to uh, be there in three months? Um, and so, yeah, I think it, it's just about like being able to say no to a few more things, maybe like being low key for a little bit um, and figuring out what your priorities are and how you can work towards your priorities. Because are all of the things that you're doing, are do they do they go towards your, your priorities and what you find um, is most important to you? Like do a task assessment um, and ask yourself that. Yeah. And this goes into like how you set up your business. Like is your business set up in a way where like you are doing high impact things every day that are like bringing you towards your ultimate goals or are you, or is your to-do list just like um, flooded with a bunch of pointless tasks that like, oh, you're doing this because, like, you saw in a webinar that, like, you have to do this in order to, like, grow your email list, and, like, you took on this client because, like, you needed an extra few hundred dollars over here. Um, work towards a business model, <laughs> work towards building a business where you're very clear on what you're actually trying to do, um, and then bring, you know, and then, then, like, you know, do a, we'll do an episode on, like, workflows and, like, setting up your week, just, like, really, really, um, 
um, what's the word, like curate your to-do list to the things that are the most important. Um, because if you're sitting there with like a mile long to-do list every day, like you're not, you're, you're, you've got things on that list that are frivolous. There's nobody that has that many things <laughs> that they absolutely have to do. Um, I'm going to bet that a few things can drop off of that list. Um, and that goes yeah. into like, somebody on w was asking about burnout too. Like that's the number one way to burn out is just to like be doing a bunch of pointless stuff. That's the number one way to burn out as a business owner. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it might be, it might be, um, you might think it's okay to be like, oh, I have, so I have work and these are my scheduled work hours. And then I have these hobbies outside of work, but you also have to kind of plan time where you're not working on work or not working on hobbies. Like plan a little bit of breathing room because right now, um, by the way, uh, so I am helping my cousin direct a play and, um, and I love it. It's so personally fulfilling. I was journaling about it yesterday, Fran. I was oh, journaling. I'm so proud. <laughs> yeah. And it's really personally fulfilling, but it's so difficult because I have, um, I work during the day. Um, some, and I'm, I'm like cooking dinner or prepping dinner and cooking dinner. Um, a couple times per week. So it's not a lot, but it's still like, it's still, time consuming. Actually, that's like quite meditative for me, especially if I'm doing it alone because it's my time to like think. I think I, I picked that up from Sheila. It's like, oh yeah, like I don't have to listen to a podcast right now. I can just like chop cucumber. <laughs> but, I hate um, cooking, but I love chopping fruits and vegetables. It's really calming for some reason. <laughs> OMG. Now I know for next time we travel, I can do the cooking and you can do the chopping. Oh, I will do the chopping all day long. <laughs> because I actually so oh okay I won't talk about my fail yesterday of chopping veg but yeah um oh yeah so it, it's really personally fulfilling for me to be going to the theater every evening but I'm going to the theater every evening after work and I'm getting a little bit burnt out because I don't have I don't I haven't been giving myself that much time to like sit and relax and just like recharge um, so I think it's really important to also look in your calendar and just don't plan anything. Don't say yes to anything. Like that's not like <laughs> that empty space. That's not for you to fill in. It's for you to do what you want during that time. Yeah. And this goes into an, someone else asked on Instagram about setting boundaries. Um, and I think blocking out days that are like, these are the days that are for you. I told this to a business coaching client that I worked with who she had a full-time job and she was building a business on the side and she was getting really, really exhausted. And I was like, take Saturday and that day is for you. Don't think about your job. Don't think about your business. Like that day is for you. And that was the one thing that I did right when I was building my business. Um, I was working, I was working a theater job. So I know exactly how you feel like going to the theater and working on plays is really fulfilling, but my God, it's exhausting. Theater is so exhausting. Um, but um, professionals in the theater, they get Mondays off, which makes sense. Like people don't go to the theater on Mondays. So like we take Mondays off. Um, so Mondays were like my day when I wasn't working on my business. Um, and I also just, I just took that day to myself because I didn't have my actual theater job either, um, which I could have been doing business related tasks on Monday. Like I could have made it a full work day, but like I somehow knew <laughs> despite like 
I was, you know, I hadn't gone through like the whole healing journey that I went through yet when I left for Bali, but like somehow I knew that I needed one day a week where it was just about me and like relaxing or else I was just going to lose my mind. <laughs> so like, that's the first boundary that you should really be setting is like, yes. give yourself a day. Yes, absolutely. Or two or more. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is really important if you're transitioning from um, your freelance being your side hustle to your freelance being your full-time job, because my freelance business used to be, it used to be for fun. <laughs> like I used to do, I used to make money online for fun. Like, oh, this is exciting. It's like my time away from work. But when it becomes your business and your work, you need to be very intentional about planning time away from that because it's not your, it's not your fun thing anymore. It, or you know, it is, but you have to be intentional about like planning other things. So, and stepping aside from that, stepping away from that. Yeah. And even like, um, work, most of us, most of the people listening to this podcast, like you're a freelancer because like you love to do something. So you want to make money for it. So like your work is going to feel like play. Um, and even though it is, even though it's fun, like even though you're enjoying it, it's still work. And you still need to rest and recover from it. It's, it's not, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, even though you're enjoying it, like you still need to make sure that you're getting time away from it or else you're going to stop enjoying it. That's exactly what happened with me and with theater. Um, A lot of things happened with theater. Um, There's a, a lot of reasons I ended up leaving that field. But one of the main ones was that I was just so burnt out that I didn't even want to go to the theater anymore. And like, I was the kid who like, I would read Shakespeare every morning before school. Like I loved it so much and I somehow lost it just from just how burnt out I was. Yeah. It's really easy to get burnt out even though you love something. Definitely. Yeah. It's almost easier when you love it because um, I feel like the things that we don't love, we're a lot more intentional about limiting our time with those um, or not putting as much of our heart into them. But like, if it's something that you're really passionate about, like you're giving yourself to this thing, to this project and um, that can really drain you. Oh, absolutely. Like before you even know it. Yeah. So (laughs) Um, somebody asked about unlearning, self-deprecating, limiting, sabotage, or unhealthy coping habits what are your thoughts on that Krista we kind of touched on it but um if you want to yeah we did thoughts sure yeah so it's so easy to self-sabotage and kind of be negative with yourself um I think that it's very good to look really look within and have some positive self-talk with yourself post it on Instagram if that's your jam but like um to really look at or think about like, what do you love about yourself? What do you love about what you're building? Um, Because it's really easy to be hard on yourself. Like, oh, I don't have the Instagram followers that I thought that I was going to, or, oh, I'm not making as much as like, I want to. Um, But like, what are you, what are you doing that's positive? And how can you, um, how can you, work to to achieve your goals how can you shift what you're doing to 
achieve what you're doing. Um, when it comes to unhealthy coping habits, I have really unhealthy coping habits that I haven't solved yet, so I can't really talk on that. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't have unhealthy coping habits? Let's be real. <laughs> That's just a thing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so, but I can kind of talk to that, but in terms of like, um, self-deprecating or self-sabotaging type behavior, my, my go-to is to shift my perspective. So like, I mean, this is going to sound so cheesy. You might hate me for saying this, but like start your day with gratitude, like, or end your day with gratitude. Like it should be a practice to like write in a journal with like all the things that you're grateful for. Not because like, this is what people usually get wrong when it comes to gratitude is like, gratitude is not about anything other than you. Gratitude is about you sitting down and being like, yeah, I have good things in my life. It's you literally yes. reminding yourself that you have reasons to be happy. And like, sometimes we're in a place where we actually do have to remind ourselves that we have reasons to be happy because like, yeah, we, we go through rough patches. Krista and I both know that very intimately. Like we, <laughs> we go through rough patches in life and sometimes, and like just gratitude is so important for the good times and the bad times um yes. and then also with like shifting your perspective like just you what, yes. what beliefs do you have like your beliefs are always going to be what sabotages you if you're someone walking around and like believing like oh I'm not worthy of this or like um I'm not going to be able to make this work like you're going to then fulfill those beliefs you know that goes into the next point that someone brought up on Instagram is that business problems, bad clients and delays are inevitable, but it's how we react that matters. So it's like really shifting. It's really like shifting. Even if you're like, oh, I have this, this problem with, with the project, but like, how are you, how are you going to react? How would you want to react what are you grateful for what went right about the project and um how can you it, how can you um shift what you're saying in order to um make like turn a negative situation positive um for example someone taught me instead of saying i'm sorry it's taken me long to reply to this email say oh Thank you so much for your patience um, uh, with me getting back to you. Um, and I think instead of saying I'm sorry all the time, be like, shift that to be grateful for working with, be, like, shift that to thank you for or something like that to um, instead of like, I'm sorry, which is like really negative and submissive, like, thank you is really positive and shows your appreciation. Yeah, I love that so much. Um, and I think it goes like both ways too, because we live in a, I think Americans are so uptight. Like, oh my God, <laughs> Americans are so uptight. Like we, I watch people like in their cars with like getting road rage and like the way when I used to work for somebody, like the way the like company ran and stuff, like we're so rigid with each other. Um, and when mistakes happen, um, I feel like the, it's, the tendency is to like err to the non-forgiving side and, and a lot of like, we can do, we should do a whole episode on professionalism someday. Um, but yeah, like when you're in a position where like you've made a mistake or like you're running late, like responding by showing the other person gratitude instead of like apologizing, like that's huge. But then also if like 
if if you're on the other side of that like if somebody if like there's a client that's like taking forever to like fill out this questionnaire that you gave them or like somebody's not responding to your email like what you could you could look at that from like a perspective of like being really annoyed at them and like resenting them or like telling yourself a bunch of stories about like what's wrong with them um or you can be like oh like this is a human life and things happen and it's maybe okay to take a little bit longer to respond to an email because we don't live on the computer that's you know yeah um shifting that narrative of what you're thinking about is reminding yourself everyone's doing the best they can uh when i learned this from my friend a couple weeks ago ever since i've learned this from my friend a couple weeks ago it's really shifted the way that i see situations i just remind myself everyone's doing the best that they can and it makes me feel so light so yeah when it comes to like work emails and um when you're collaborating with someone remind yourself everyone's doing the best they can and how can you um how can you orchestrate the situation to to um be like to be to result in like what you what you're looking for so if you're looking for a response then following up kindly or if you're um and to really be more open and forgiving with yourself and others yeah oh that's such a good point and even like um, you could apply this to past versions of yourself, too. Like, if you really messed up on something, um, like, I don't know about you, but, like, the mistakes that I make, I beat myself up for them for a, a long, long time. And it's, yes! Yeah, and, but, like, you are always only doing the best that you can with the knowledge that you had, with the, in the circumstances that you were in. Um, and it doesn't matter. Like, I, I heard somebody say once, like, in an interview or something, like, there's no point to regretting anything like what what's the point <laughs> so like um just like reminding yourself that like you are always just doing the best that you can um and well, that's that's like a really great way to show self-compassion um and to just accept your circumstances accept your past accept your present it's like you were you're doing the best that you possibly can totally wow this is such a woke episode. I'm going to have to listen to it once a month or something. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be pretty long, but hopefully like I'm I'm hoping that like this is uh like a therapeutic um healing type of situation for whoever is listening to it. Um yeah, but it's okay yeah. that it's a long episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um we always look forward to hearing what you're thinking or what you're experiencing and what you have to say. So um, if there's something that particularly stood out to you, reach us to us, slide into your DMs on Instagram at Heart Centered Service or post in our Facebook community if you um, want to join in on the feedback and you can access our community at heartcenteredservice.co backslash community. Um, but before we close this off, uh, I know you and I both had a couple of um, action steps that we wanted to end the episode on. So Fran, what do you want to share with how can um, people apply this episode or things from this episode um, to kind of improve their day-to-day -day, um, maybe mental health or manage their emotions um, alongside freelancing? I think the most important thing is self-care. Um, and I, so I have this app, it's called Shine. 
um, you can check that app out if you want. Um, it's really awesome. Like you, it's like you're texting the app and it like asks you what you're grateful for today and like what you're going to be doing to like feel good today. And it like gives you like little meditations. It's a fantastic app, but shine the company on their website. They created this quiz um, and it helps you um, determine your self-care type because everybody is so different. I mean, everybody needs and responds to different types of self-care. So you can take this quiz and you can learn what the best self-care style is for you. My style is, I forget what my type was called, but my style is to like root myself into optimism um, because I'm somebody that thinks and plans a lot. So I need to like make sure that I curate my thoughts to be more on the optimistic side. So I, I took that quiz result and I started like an optimism section of my journal where I like write about what if everything just like went perfectly. Um, so yeah, find out what your self-care type is and like try that out. That's amazing because it's true. Like everyone is different. And so we all have these um, different coping habits, um, the different ways that we cope. And so he, our healing will all be different. So a self-care quiz where it, it kind of shows you like, okay, this is one thing that you can do for self-care is really amazing. And I think it's cool that it pinpointed like, oh, Fran, be a little bit more optimistic when you're down or like, you know, like to be more yeah. optimistic every day because like when you're doing it every day, it's not just like when you're down actually, then you're creating that habit so that when, when something seems like particularly unmanageable, you have built that habit already and you, you're more stronger with that muscle. Mm -hmm. that muscle stronger. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, so um, I think it's really important to pay attention to two things, like how you work and how to create the best environment for you. So whether that is the best environment for the best working environment or the best uh, client environment or the best like day-to-day -day environment, I think it's really important to put yourself into an environment that is um, super healthy, safe, and will help you grow. Um, so I know that I work best in the morning most days. Um, so I um, try to create this positive environment by going to sleep at a certain time, signing off my computer at a certain time, um, and setting an alarm so I'm consistent. Um, and of course, drinking coffee in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, um, so it's just like, I think it's really important to, um, how do you say this? I think it's really important to analyze what, um, analyze what's going on around you and how it's contributing to your productivity and to your overall state of mind so that um, because those are also variables that you you might be able to control um, so how can yeah how can you adjust the variables so that it's super optimal for success I feel like we both were like develop an awareness over something and then react to it so like Ooh. that's kind of like the the pretty much the skeleton of our action steps is like yeah pay attention to what you need and then give yourself what you need yes definitely and um this is also why a therapist is really helpful because sometimes like you can't see everything so a therapist can help you see something that's outside of your peripheral vision and so they can 
give you exercises that help you react to what you might not realize is affecting you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we should definitely end on that. And end on that note is, is like, um, if you need to dive more into this, um, definitely consider getting a therapist. There's so many affordable options nowadays um, with the online website, like betterhelp.com is the one that I can recommend, but there's so many options awesome. out there. Um, so yeah. Awesome. I, I'm going to look into that because I've heard about it and I've thought about it, but I'm, I'm glad that you had a positive experience there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So don't forget, fam, to wait, this isn't YouTube, so we're not liking and subscribing, but subscribe to us on iTunes. I keep wanting yeah. to say YouTube. <laughs> subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. We always love to hear your feedback, whether it's in review format or through our DMs. Last week or a couple weeks ago, someone let us know that he likes that we say niche and not niche. So um, we love all of your feedback and we can't wait to catch you next week. Yeah, can't wait. Have a lovely week, everyone. Bye. Aloha.